After speaking at the incredible and inspirational Do Lectures in June on a glorious sunny weekend in Wales, I caught up with one of the co-founders, David Hyatt. We talked about his experiences of death, his insights, and how these experiences have influenced his life and his work. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for, for joining me today on my show. And I've just been at the Do Lectures with you, and we're on the, actually on the last day. And uh, yeah, wow. I don't know what, I, I'm actually for once speechless. <laughs> and that's saying something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I've been humbled that after my talk about death, literally so many people have come up to me and told me their really intimate stories about their death. So obviously I haven't spoken to you yet. Yeah, yeah. And I thought I'd record that chat. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so I, my first question was, um, which deaths have had the most impact on you and, and why? Well, I suppose in a way, um, there, there are a number of deaths. That, uh, some like are funny and some obviously very poignant. But I, I, I remember um, as a kid, this is going to sound quite funny, but like Tarzan died. Like, and I'm going, what do you mean Tarzan died? Like Tarzan's Tarzan. Tarzan doesn't die. And so that was like my my first experience as a kid because I used to watch Tarzan, you know, go through the jungle yeah. as yeah. a kid. And then, the, you know, I'm going, what do you mean Tarzan's died? It's ridiculous. Like, that doesn't happen. Um, I think that was the first moment where I got, ah, oh, okay, this is not forever. Mm. Um, I, I remember, like, oddly remember that. Um, and then, uh, and this is the actor Tarzan. Yeah, dying. exactly. Yeah, he, did, yeah. he didn't die in the film, did he? No, no, he didn't <laughs> die in the film. Yeah, I don't know. He, he died in real life, yeah. which is what happens. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as a kid, I was going, "Oh, I, this is not forever." No. That was a, a moment where I realised that that was. And then, oddly, um, the first bereavement in our family was uh, Uncle Purse, uh, and my mum and dad went off to his funeral, and it was raining, and they were off in a car and. That was the first family um, bereavement. So, um, and th those were like just like markers in the road. You're going, oh, okay, this is not forever. Um, and then when your truly loved ones uh, die, like my dad died um, in a car accident. Um, he was run over in Portugal. And uh, we got the phone call and... Um, it was one of those phone calls from you know, your you know, sister and you're going, you know, just so you know, you know, dad's died. And you go, and that's still like pretty raw. How old were you? This is, would have been, I don't know, about 10 years ago now. So, but, um, and it, death's like, he was suffering from Alzheimer's, so and we were as a family going right. He was living in Portugal, really loved Portugal, um, yeah. But he would have to write everything down, um, and we were getting worried about him. So it was, you know, it was that you almost kind of look at the death and go, actually, there weren't good times ahead for him, and so you you go, well, let's remember all the amazing times and. Maybe death can be a gift. Um, and the thing that 
Yeah, I didn't really want to keep anything from him in terms of, oh, I love these possessions. But he wrote a list of his to-do list um, on the day that he died because he was going to market to get vegetables. And, and it, you know, death's extraordinary and ordinary. So he, you know, four carrots and two apples. And, and I, I always looked at that list and went, right, okay, let's get on and do stuff. Um, use each day like to its full potential and because you might be writing that list one day and thinking oh there's going to be another day and so I always try and use those things to like not dwell and be grateful um, you know still like a ton of emotions but try and remember playing cricket with him yeah. or you know all the, the brilliant things and <coughs> yeah the fact that he was a learner constant learner and yeah all the amazing things and um so the gift could have been that like he wouldn't have been in a nursing home not remembering who we were yeah, yeah. so that yeah so a gift from that perspective and and very recently claire's dad died and um Interestingly, like if you want to ask a hard question, is like I didn't want to see him, my dad. I didn't want to see him and the chapel arrest. No. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I, the part of me is like, oh well, that was a, a cowardly thing to do. I didn't, I didn't know how to process it. Mm -hmm. If I was honest, I, I didn't want to. I want to remember him alive. I didn't want my last memory of him being not alive. Yeah. So. I, I don't know if that, that was the right sense. decision. Yeah. Well, it was your decision. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And uh, actually, someone else told me a very similar thing, and mm. I and I thought about that afterwards and thought, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, <coughs> I, yeah. Obviously, it's pretty raw for Claire right now because uh, I mean, Dad was, uh, you know, just the nicest man. I mean, like literally known him since I was 18 um, I, I can't remember maybe once like having a complaint like uh, like literally it was not his way he would find positive in almost everything mm. and celebrate the simplest of things the simplest of meals or just like everything was a gift yeah so when we got a call like you know it's seven o'clock in the morning you've had six missed calls it's not a good thing no um, and so, you know, we're rushing to the hospital as he takes his last breaths and you get to the hospital and you see him there and there's a harshness to that, right? Um, you know, there's, you know, you know, a birth is very beautiful, but, you know, not it's hard as well. It's also hard, yeah. right? And a death can be very beautiful, but it's hard as well. Yeah. And, uh. And I watched Claire and her mum and you know, like sit there and watch her dad um, take his last breaths and there's strength, you know, in that. And I was just there going, oh my God, like, um, and it's, you know, we all wrecked differently. You know, Tessa was there and Stella couldn't be there. She just couldn't process it. I, I was like, oh my God. Um, but... 
as hard as that stuff is, it's going to happen to everybody mm. and all of us. Uh, you know, was it Jim Morrison? No one's going to get out alive. You go, <laughs> yeah, deal done. Um, but it is. Um, you have to use these defining moments in your life to go and use your time better. Mm. Yeah, like, uh, and. You know, grief is very personal and very difficult, and but you have to go and go. I'm going to celebrate, you know, Big Al, as I used to call him, and remember his amazingness. And like, yeah, I said to Claire, I said, "Look, I, I can never be like." As soon as I met him, I'm going, "Look, Claire, just so you know, I can never be as good as him." Oh. Like, just <laughs> literally. Um, so it was. But you just go like, uh, you know, if I feel in like down or grumpy, I just go like, right, okay, what would Big Al do? Um, so you use it, uh, you know, like there's your context, your learning, your experiences can be used to make a situation better. Mm, so, absolutely. Um, or if you want to use it another way, you can make it worse. Yeah. And so, but you've got to somehow flip the switch, much easier to say than always do. Um, but... That was, uh, so I had, like those are the, the, the key moments for me. Yeah. Did, just, just a random question, did um, your dad die before you started the do lectures? Or um, if it was 10 years ago and we're at the 10th anniversary here? Yeah, um, I think he would have died just before, yeah. Okay, well it's very interesting that Claire's dad died just before yeah. the 10 year anniversary. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's... It's been a full circle. Oh yeah, and yeah, like I mean, you know, this would be the first year they wouldn't be wouldn't be here. They were always they were our babysitters. Yeah, oh. like I mean, you know, obviously. Hence why your children went to bed or didn't go to bed last. Yeah, night. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> badparents.com. <laughs> um, but uh, the yeah, so they would be here, and and he was always like proud. He's like going, ah, oh, this is amazing, and <clears throat> he was always so proud of us. He was proud yeah. of his daughter. I mean, like. Um, like, but he was, he was happy for everybody. I mean, he was like, you know, when somebody does something well, he's, he was, there was great joy in him. I mean, so. Yeah. And that's why, you know, <coughs> yeah, you know, the missing is, is hard. Yeah. And you had some Welsh singers here. Yes. A couple of days ago. And I, I'd spoken to Claire before that. <coughs> and I saw that she was really emotional, and I and she told me about a song oh, yeah. that I think was sung when he was dying. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I wondered whether they'd sung that song. They did, um, and uh, you know, it was a song that um, I think in Welsh means um, I don't know a, a beautiful life. Um, oh. And um, uh, so he'd always sing it, <coughs> and and there's something about Welsh choirs anyway that I can. Yeah, really ground you. Yeah. Um, what is that? Because I had it, no idea what they were saying. <coughs> yeah, and it's powerful. When, <coughs> when you get them to sing, it's a really, it's a really great way to wash the floor because everyone's crying. Yes, and everybody was crying. Um, and it's <laughs> I I don't know why it has that power to do that, but I think when we stop and listen to music, our brain goes to another place, and um, it allows us to almost take. Yeah, like from a, a metaphor of yeah, like being in gear, and you know, suddenly it goes to neutral. 
and and neutral is quite a good place. Yeah, it's a bit like when you're in the medita- you know, in that meditative yeah, zone, yeah. stuff can come in and out. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it has that same. It does have that same process music. Yeah. Um, so. so yeah, that was that was really powerful. Um, I when I went to one of your workshops. Yes. Well, the only workshop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's I'd wrong be. with the rest of them? <laughs> <laughs> and something that stayed with me actually. It wasn't about the newsletter stuff. It was, that was very helpful, but it was about something you said about your dad. I think you said he worked on a boat. Yes. And you talked about him writing his initials and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, so my dad was an electrician and uh, he was an electrician in the Merchant Navy. So, you know, basically you go to sea for three months and, then somebody else would relieve you. Um, but the culture was really like, nobody had any quality control. So nobody gave a shit, really. And it really frustrated him because he mm. was like, I'm going, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it really well. And so, but the culture was always to blame the other guy because it was very easy because you go, oh, this is the last electrician yeah. did this, not me. Yeah. So to try and, you know, like prevent that, he would start signing every piece of work he did, even if he was a light bulb, he would go JBH. And because he's going, well, I've fitted that and it's, it's working yeah. and I fitted it well. So if you come here and actually want to blame the previous electrician, it's not going to be me. That's very clever. And so I was there going, oh my God. That's, I mean, we're literally having a couple of beers together, going down the pub. Um, and I was like, oh God, that's why I'm a nutter. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, you're trying to, like raise the standard yes. each time. Well, yeah. that's what I was thinking about your genes. You know, that I feel that that has come through from your dad's values. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and it's, it was like that thing of when you, when you employ a carpenter or a, a stonemason or uh, like, like if they do a really good job, they will have a little sneaky signature somewhere. Mm. Um, especially if it's a big job and they spent time on it. They will... Yeah literally go yeah they jbh or they will yeah mark it in some way because they they're you know like they're crafts people yeah in and uh, you know steve jobs had another example of it is he got all his engineers to sign the inside of the uh, first apple computer oh, yeah even though yes, he I remember that. yeah even though he knew mm. that no one else would see it because it was yeah. sealed so no one else could get into the computer. So, and his, art, his thing was, well, you're not engineers, you're artists, and all artists sign their work. Yeah. So he articulated it incredibly well, as he, as he always did. So I think having, like, and we applied that to the genes in terms of, you know, you know like the, we have people who've spent 10, 20, 30, 40,000 hours learning how to make great genes. Yeah. They are, you know, in the elite makers of genes in the world. Why wouldn't they sign it? Because yeah. they're making one of the best pair of genes in the world. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's like a mark of, uh, it's like a respect for their skills. Mm. Um, and the fact that they want to put their name to it means that, you know, they they're do proud. it well. Yeah. yeah, they're proud of it. Completely. So for me, it's like that's your dad's legacy. One of, one of his legacies. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, and that was very apparent. And I thought about it after, and I thought, well, 
with the you know with the genes yeah, that yeah. makes total sense to me um and actually uh, so this leads me on actually very nicely because i was thinking about grief people who work with who are grief experts say that a way to have a relationship with that person is you know they're dead but you can still have a relationship oh, with yeah. them when they're dead and i wondered how you did that uh, i've asked several people that question and uh, it's it's funny um like i don't know if i'm doing a talk or something i'll i feel like sometimes he's looking out for me and uh, i used to like love nature and when he saw a robin he'd like he would go, look at that, Robin, it's amazing. Look at those birds there in Crabble. And like literally, you see it every day and he'd say the same thing every day. Look at that, Robin, it's amazing. And I'm going, that is probably the same Robin as yesterday. <laughs> Still amazing, by the way. <laughs> but the odd thing now is like, I see Robins everywhere. Mm. I, if I'm, I do this seven minute workout. I mean, like, actually, I haven't done it for the three days because this crazy do thing going on. But um, and somebody's been sleeping in my living room, but that aside, I, I do this seven minute workout and one of them is I have to step up and I look out and I pretty much every day there's a robin there. Mm. And, uh, and like maybe I'm seeing it and thinking, you know, you always find what you look for, right? So, um, but I definitely see robins everywhere and every time I see a robin, I think of my dad. Yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah. Um, okay, so this is about teen do, and um, I love how this ties into what I'm trying to do and am doing, which is the importance of talking about death is that it brings you closer to life and yes. you realize how precious your life is and yes. that you shouldn't waste yeah. time. Yeah. And so, what I and I've yes. watched your lecture online of teen do, and what I love is that you know, why, why is that important for you? and you, you know, there was a part in your talk where you said tell better stories and the stories that you tell yourself and whatever those are is what comes true hmm. and I think that's very apparent with life you tell yeah so you tell yourself that story and I, w I was just wanted to talk to you about that because I think it's so important yeah teen I, do. Mean, um, well, I mean like teen do like yeah the, the girls really wanted to do it because they said well you know like do lectures is great but it's like adults you go, yeah. And they said, we need something for teens. Um, and we did it. And I'll be honest, like, it was definitely way harder than doing the do lectures. Mm. Um, suddenly you're responsible for other people's kids. Um, they all want to go in the bar. They're not allowed. You're just like, oh. It's like, what? Yeah. And you're going, oh, I thought Dave was cool, but he's chucking me out. And you go, oh, I know. But I know. It's like, oh. <laughs> Your dad's you, you, a drag. Yeah. He's a bore. <laughs> Um, and I, like they were only doing what exactly what I be, would have been doing. Exactly, and going, it oh. were worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, hypocrite, Hyatt. Um, so, but it was also extraordinary um, on many levels because you think, like, getting a lot of teenagers together was, and actually trying to stretch their imagination was pretty interesting. How and many How many did you have? There was, I think there was about 50. So it was like a manageable like number. That's a good amount. Um, you don't want more than 50 teenagers. No, yeah, <laughs> God, no. Um, bless. But it was, it was, the energy was brilliant. It was very different vibe. And I mean, obviously there's no partying at night. There's, 
but there's silent discos and various things. So, um, and we haven't done it this year because uh, you know the last one was especially hard. Um, there's no doubt, and um, and it was interesting because the the girls were had the responsibility on their shoulders and things weren't going well and and it was a great lesson that's good yeah i was just thinking that it was like and it wasn't a comfortable lesson and um and we didn't do it this year i mean like we probably wouldn't have done it anyway but because tessa had gcse's stella had a levels it wasn't the year but but i hope it does continue Uh, i think and i I think um it is important it's it's just like I'll come and do a talk. Yeah, oh, completely. Completely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd love that. So, I mean, I think it's like like doing things uh, that are easy um, doesn't always give you the reward of doing things that are hard because the hard things are where you're uncomfortable, where you're learning, where you're, you're, you've mm. left, your, left your formula behind. And, and, you, and I think there's an element in life if you stop pushing... Um, that's when you start going backwards. Mm. Yep, absolutely. Um. Yeah, that's true. So you'll like this question, yeah. hopefully. I thought it was pretty good when I wrote yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Built it up now a little Boom. bit too much. What? So <laughs> I was talking to this woman from San Francisco last week. She was amazing. She said to me, the first half of your life is working out who, are, who am I? Yes. And she was saying, you know, it's very ego-driven you're trying to find out your positioning in the world. Mm-hmm. And then she was saying that something happens to you when you get to 40-ish. Yeah. Some people call it a midlife crisis and some people call it an awakening. Mm. And when you're faced with dying or you have a life-limiting illness, that process accelerates. So you get to that a lot quicker. And so... And they do things more that suit them, which is good for their soul. Mm. And so, obviously, I'm, I hope I'm not being rude because obviously I know you're over 40. Yes. But so. Led by a small margin. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this is the question Do you feel like you're now following your soul purpose? And did you have that process? I, I think. Um, I, I definitely think oh, the, the first decades are take, take, take take and there's a suddenly a switch where you start give 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 and um it can happen at 30 it can happen at 40 it can happen 50 and for some people it doesn't actually happen at all no and so they they always take i think it's important in some respects if you're a human being and you want to like there's six human needs and one of them is fulfillment Mm. and and that means like oh that's why uh you know like there are a bunch of people out there with a ton of money and they're deeply unhappy because yeah. they've made it but actually didn't get any fulfillment from it they think oh money's gonna solve all the problems and actually it doesn't and so um for you to be a, a happy and contented human being you have to feel like you've given or helped others yeah. like to get fulfillment and, mm. and so um so that's um so i think that that's why the switch happens because they suddenly go oh well i'm earning a ton of money and and yet oh i'm doing a great job and yet and yet and yet i don't feel satisfied or i don't feel like i'm doing what my mission was or Mm. whatever but their mission is to um help 
the human race go forward. And so, and yeah, yeah. And so when those people have, I've got a bigger, bigger yacht than you. And then, yes, like money helps, right? So yeah. it, like, I'm not saying that. I'm just going. But there comes a point in your life where you go, did I help anyone? Yeah. Did I? And you know, who, who did I give a leg up to? You know, actually, do you know the, one of the biggest markers of a success is how many people turn up at your funeral? Yes. That's, yes. That's a success metric that no yeah. one uses. You go like. Um, and actually, having no one turn up at your funeral is a deeply unsuccessful life, because nobody gave a shit about what you did. No. And so, so the the switch comes because they're searching for something called fulfillment. I think. Mm. Mm. And do you have fulfillment? Well, uh, that's a great great question. Um, I think I'm getting there. I mean, I feel feel like, you know. Yeah, family life is good. Yeah, and any parent's happy when the kids are happy, and um, but also I think when you're doing work that means something, that gives you happiness. And you know, like um, also from a point of view, you know, the do lectures where you feel like you're giving. You know, it doesn't make a bunch of sense to the do lectures. It doesn't make you know if you don't pay yourself for ten years. People, my friends go like Dave, like. What, what are you doing? doing? <laughs> like literally. <laughs> but then you get these le- extraordinary letters or emails saying like, you really helped me. And, um, and in yeah, one level, you could say that's incredibly selfish because you go, oh, because you, I need to know yeah, that I'm helping absolutely. somebody. Because uh, everything I've ever done has never been, oh, let's go and make a ton of money. And that hasn't made life always easy. Mm. Yeah, Tell like, me about it. So... Um, but you go, oh, like if this is today's last day, then, oh, I'm not going to quit my job. I'm not going to not, uh, there's nothing else out there I want to do right now. Yeah. Um, so I, from a, from that point of view, then I'm going, I'm very comfortable. I mean, I've also like, I'm one of these people who, um, is, very ambitious in like I want to I want if I'm going to do an event I literally want it to be world class mm. and so that isn't an well, easy well that comes across that, that, that isn't an easy like when you don't give a shit you can have an easy life yeah yes Doing, it's like oh um, when you think about people around the wood fire and you're going oh well we're, we've got three types of wood and they're going well we've got one for heat one for longevity and one for smell and they're going what the fuck? <laughs> Who gives a shit? And the, the, the you know the wood has to be you know under twenty percent moisture. You know, uh, like and people go, just buy some wood, Dave. Um, who gives a shit? <laughs> and you go, so so there's uh, uh, that restless spirit doesn't always make for like um, like oh um, like super contented life. Do you know what I mean? Because you're always there going, well, what if we do this? And so yeah. I've I've got to learn to enjoy the ride yeah and you know like and and that's where i'm sort of in trying to get into the practice of going look i i'm super lucky yeah do you mean like i'm living where i want with whom i want um doing what i want yeah and so um so the appreciation of each day so i do three laps around the field every morning with the dog 
try and wear them out, fail each day. Um, and one is to say my thank yous and gratefulness of just going, well, I'm living down here. Like yeah, this. I'm it's pretty idyllic. I'm fucking lucky. <laughs> and so, so if I find a way to complain today, I'm full of shit. Do you mean? Yeah, so, yeah. So, and we all need to be reminded of that. And so I start my day reminding myself. And yeah, like some days I fall off the wagon in terms of like, um, Dave, what happened to the happy Dave? Um, <laughs> but so, but uh, the daily reminder is a good practice to go, actually, what am I really grateful for? Yeah. Um, who, am I gr- who am I really grateful for? Who's helped me that I haven't said thank you to? You know, like, I should write, and I've been thinking about this, like Paul Arden's wife. I'm going, like, I have to tell you how much he helped me. I mean, I haven't written that letter. I no. keep writing it in my head going, oh, I must write that letter. But So who have we not thanked? That letter would make her day. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a simple thing. Yeah, and I'm going, oh, I must do that. find time to do that. So, uh, you know, so I'm, yeah, I'm working on my daily practice. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, um, work in progress, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the ethos of do lectures fits really well with the ethos of doing death philosophy yeah. about evaluating your life and living it well and yeah. having a fulfilling life. Yeah. And I wondered, and people have asked me a lot over the weekend, so how come you're here talking about death? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to ask you that because I said, well, you should ask David because it, it was his idea. <laughs> well, I mean, so. I mean, obviously we bumped into each other again, you know, after, you know, we worked together in advertising, you know, which was like... In, Advertising is a great place to go and f- figure out what you want to do. Yeah. And to work with super bright people, yeah. super smart people, uh, and, and hungry, mm. like really hungry people. Do you mean like pushing, always pushing? Um, so, you know, when you came to the workshop and you were saying that you were uh, doing, um, going to set this moving, movement up, which is essentially what you're doing, is to talk about death because it's the thing that. We talk about the least, yes. but we're all going to do. Mm. So, like, you know, we probably talk about Netflix more than we do about death. And <laughs> um, and you know, and Netflix, as good as it is, isn't going to have has as much impact as us on our death. Yeah, because um, the subscription ends at some point. Yes. Um, so, uh, so, um, so I, I was really intrigued by you because, like, you're like the happiest person. I remember in advertising. Oh. That's sometimes not hard because yeah. there's grumpy buckets <laughs> there. Um, but um, but for you to say when you said oh, I'm going to do this movement uh, about death, get people talking about it, I just thought I couldn't have handpicked a better person to do that because you're the happiest person, one of the happiest persons I've ever met. Oh, and actually, we need to celebrate death because actually actually death is a celebration of life and that's your twist, right? It's like death is there to remind us of how important each day is. Yes. Yeah. Everybody like types faster on their laptop when they have 10% of their battery left. That's a fact, <laughs> that's right? so true. And so you go, oh, fuck, I got 10%. We go, okay. <laughs> what? No one like runs as fast as an old man because he knows each second matters, right? Yeah. So. Wow. Thank you. Um, oh, coins. The coin. Tell me about So David's brought a coin. I, I'm very yeah, curious I'm to what is, what's going on one. here. He's oh, brought yeah. me, he's got a box I'll with tell a coin you what, in um, it. 
I'm just going to hold the microphone a bit closer. But um, yeah, Ryan Holiday, who spoke at the Do, um, he has done several books, and all of them actually brilliant. He is uh, an incredible writer. Um, but he uses this coin to remember actually um, the importance of today. Wow. And uh, it's, uh, I guess it's a Latin saying, memento mori, which essentially means uh, you could leave life right now. Wow. And, and that is not morbid, but it is um, a reminder that, you know, you can leave life today. So the next hour is important. The next you know, piece of work that you do could be the last thing you do. And, and it's a reminder to go and do your very best in every single moment that you have. And yes. so, and you know, that's important for us to say, oh, uh, learning to say no to things because your time is valuable. And you know, wh where do you need to spend your time to do the best work you've ever done um, or the most important work that you need to do? Um, so it's like death's a good reminder of you know, life. Yeah. And um, it was funny, like when we were doing Howie's, there was a T-shirt I remember, and some uh, I didn't write it, but somebody else you know, sent it to us, and it just said, um, "Until you die, live." Mm. And I and I always being aware, like going, "Yeah." It's a good T-shirt. It was a great T-shirt. Sell, you know, sold really well because it, <laughs> it like it's true. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know we and we all fall in the trap sometimes of our have a little like moments where we don't look and find the best. Yeah. Um, and we've got to reframe our, we are the thinker of our thoughts. I mean, that was the point in, in that talk is we are the teller of our story. You know, you can, you can spill a drink and, and say, oh, this is going to be the worst day ever. Or you can go, hey, where's the dishcloth? Mm. And and it's the same water on the floor. Um, so our mindset and the, the, we, yeah, like the purpose of the do is to maybe just remind ourselves of the the mindset that works best for us. Yes, yes. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I'm really humbled to be here. Humbled was a word that came forward for me earlier when I was talking to people. I really did feel humbled that people came and told me all their death stories. Yeah, I'm sure. And I feel really humbled talking to you so thank you so much I my really pleasure and yeah thanks for an extraordinary talk and thank like you. if you're listening to this um the talks will go up soon and you should definitely uh yeah seek out amanda so thank you thanks david pleasure okay okay and you can see me amanda blaney talking about death soon plus many inspiring talks on the do lectures website which is www thedolectures.com and check out David's beautiful jeans company Hyatt Denham which is www.hyatt h-i-u-t denham.co.uk